Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and if you are an Illumination or Universal Executive, you have probably had a fantastic 4th of July as Minions came in and dominated. Let's talk about those weekend box office numbers. Opening in first place is Minions to Rise of Gru with 125.1 million. In second place was Top Gun Maverick with 33 million for a total of 570.9 million. Third place was Elvis with 23.5 million for a total of 71.8 million. Fourth place was Jurassic World Dominion with 19.7 million for a total now of 335.8 million. Fifth place was The Black Phone with 14.4 million for a total of 49.6 million. As for Lightyear, well, it ended up in 6th place with 6.3 million for a total of 106.6 million. Also, it should be noted the weekend totals included Monday as that was the 4th of July. So, minions, minions, minions. First off, Universal made the right move in pushing this film back 2 years to get the most it could out of it. If we look at the normal 3 day weekend numbers, to be fair, this is the second biggest opening for the Despicable Me franchise coming in behind the first Minions back in 2015. As for the 4th of July weekend, Minions The Rise of Gru broke the record and now has the biggest opening for a film released on the holiday weekend. It was previously held by Transformers Dark of the Moon back in 2011, which opened to 115.9 million over the 4 day weekend. Now on top of all of this, a trend broke out on social media over the weekend for the film. It started on TikTok, but soon reached Twitter and other social media platforms where it became a trend to dress up and go see Minions. Over the weekend, numerous videos were posted online of groups of Gen Z guys dressing up in suits and going to see Minions. Now you might be asking, well, why? And besides it being a fun thing to do, it does make sense that they're actually nostalgic for the franchise. Take a guy who was 6 or 7 years old when the first film came out back in 2010. They're now 18 or 19 years old. Plus, the last film came out 5 years ago, and thanks to the pandemic, they have been seeing ads for this film for two years. It became a big enough trend that Universal did tweet out thanking them so it clearly caught on. And besides some reports of some, you know, some guys being a bit too ratty, this trend seemed to be mostly good fun, which is great to see. As for the other films, they all held up pretty well, except Lightyear. People were wondering if Lightyear's weak performance so far might have been due to families still not going out in droves to see animated films. The answer is no. They just didn't want to see Lightsaber or they will wait for Disney+. Plus. Minions proved that this weekend. As for next weekend, we got the last big blockbuster coming out for a while with Thor, Love and Thunder. For China, not much has changed. Staying in first place is lighting up the stars with 44 million, with a total now of 119 million. Staying in second place was Jurassic World Dominion with 9.7 million, for a total of 132 million. Opening in third place was Ode to the Spring, a drama film about citizens stuck in Wuhan at the start of the pandemic. It made 2.7 million. Fourth place was One Week Friends with 1.2 million for a total of 16 million. And lastly, in fifth place was Doraemon with 800,000 for a total of 13.4 million. So not only is Lighting Up the Stars helping Jurassic World keep up the Chinese box office, it made more in its second weekend compared to its first, which is rare. The show's strong word of mouth and people having the need to go out and see it. Keeping this momentum, it can easily finish with at least 200 million, bearing uh, no more lockdowns. 
Looking at worldwide numbers, Minions made an additional 87.2 million for a worldwide total of 212.3 million. Jurassic World Dominion made 26.8 million for a worldwide total of 828.5 million. Elvis made 15.7 million for a total of 118 million. Lightyear made 11.3 million for a total now of 188.8 million. The Black Phone made 8.3 million for a worldwide total of 76.6 million. And finally, Top Gun Maverick made 37 million for a total of 1.115 billion. At this rate, it does have a solid shot of hitting 1.2 billion. Moving over to news in Hollywood, James Cameron mentioned it in an interview with Empire that he might not direct Avatar 4 and 5. Quote, I've got some other things I'm developing as well as that are exciting. I think eventually over time, I don't know if that's after 3 or after 4, I'll want to pass the baton to a director that I trust to take over so I can go do other stuff that I'm also interested in. Or maybe not. I don't know. End quote. Obviously based on that quote, he could go either way. But if he did move on from directing them, it does make sense. So far, building up this franchise has taken him over 10 years, and he is only now about to release the second of the five films while working on the third. If he was to stay on completely for the rest, he would not be done for another 6-7 years. Personally, I wouldn't mind him moving on to do other films. I thought the first Avatar film was okay, and I'll watch the second one, don't get me wrong, but I don't like seeing an amazing director stuck with one franchise for this long. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is Michael Shannon is getting ready to direct his first film. The film is called Eric Loud and focuses on the mother of a son who committed a school shooting, who now has to meet the parents of the ones who were murdered. The cast and crew were getting ready to shoot the film in Arkansas, but switched to North Carolina after the Roe v. Wade overturn, which allowed the state to ban most abortions. It's definitely an interesting premise for a film, but it might turn into one of those hard-to-watch ones, especially with dealing with the fallout of a school shooting. Got a bit of news in VOD Premium, so let's start with the simple stuff. Deadline has the exclusive on this for an upcoming Netflix film, Pain Hustlers, which they bought at Cannes. The film, which will be directed by David Yates and stars Emily Blunt, has found its next cast member, Chris Evans. He is reportedly in final negotiations to join the film. This should be almost a done deal as production is expected to begin sometime in August. I'm a fan of Chris Evans so far, uh, so yeah, this is uh, this film's going to be interested. And I look forward to watching it. Netflix is also having a good summer so far, thanks to Stranger Things 4. Most of the season was released Memorial Day weekend, and over the past month set a new streaming record, according to Nielsen. The company, which for years did TV viewership numbers, started calculating streaming numbers in 2020, is reporting that over the past month, Stranger Things has been watched for 7.2 billion minutes, making it the most watched title on streaming in the US. It beat out the previous holder, Tiger King, which had a nice bump thanks to being released at the start of the pandemic. And while this is a great record for Netflix, it should be noted the 7.8 billion minutes is for all the episodes of the show watched over the past month, not just season 4. Still with the strong positive reception the season is getting, whenever season 5 does come out, it will likely break the record again. And if you remember a few weeks ago, Lionsgate has been working on a plan to spin off stars as its own company to possibly be acquired by someone else down the road. Well. There might already be a potential buyer. Canal Plus. Canal Plus is a big French company with premium TV channels and a streaming service. While they are the biggest in France, they do have channels in other countries, including one in the US. As for why they might be interested, well, Broadband TV News is saying that they are looking to expand into the Middle East, which Stars also operates in. Besides that, that they are looking into growing into the US as well, so besides just buying Stars, they are also considering a stake in Lionsgate itself. These are some interesting moves for Canal Plus 
but I hope it works out for them. Personally, I would like to see more competition, and that wouldn't happen if, say, Amazon or Comcast bought stars to just add it to their services. To have an international company roll in and buy it, you know, shake things up a little bit. Next is less of a news story and more of an idea or an opinion piece from CNBC asking the question, what happens to Hulu in 2024? As we know, the current situation is that Comcast holds 33% of the company until 2024, where it can then sell to Disney. The assumption, up until now, is that would that's exactly what would happen. They would sell and we'd be done. Hulu is then fully owned by Disney and ideally integrated into Disney+, Plus, giving U.S. customers basically what international customers have been getting with stars. Not to be confused with the Lionsgate stuff. However, this article goes over the idea of what if Disney sells Hulu to Comcast? The idea is that some analysis reject the idea of Hulu being integrated in Disney+, and Hulu would be better placed as Comcast's premier streaming service, with Peacock moving to being only ad supported. On paper, I can see that as a workable solution, but there are two questions. One, would Comcast want to spend billions to Disney to take over Hulu? Right now, if they sell, they're getting billions of cash in return, you know, a nice little uh, $10 billion check or so. But if they flip, they'd be looking at spending even more since Disney owns 66% second question is what happens to the rights of Hulu content. Let's take Dope Stick for example. That show is a Hulu show, but internationally is known as a Starz show available on Disney+. If Hulu gets bought by Comcast, does Disney lose the rights to the show and others completely? If so, new content license deals would need to be made. Otherwise, worldwide, the Starz section of Disney Plus would take a big hit. This is something both Comcast and Disney have to think about, and sadly, stuck in the middle is Hulu, as they are a bit limited in what they can do right now. Finally, we go to Warner Brothers Discovery, where they are changing up HBO Max. First, television business International is exclusively reporting that the company has stopped rolling out HBO Max to new countries. Instead, for at least France, they will have to wait for a new service that combines both HBO Max and Discovery Plus, but no release date yet announced. Along with this, the company will stop producing new original shows for HBO Max in parts of Europe, including the Nordics, Netherlands, and Central Europe. HBO original shows for France and Spain are currently not affected by these changes. Domestically, it was noticed over the past week by customers that some TNT shows were pulled from the service. What seems like is happening is that as part of reducing the company's debt, which Zalif has mentioned that they aim to cut off $3 billion at least, they are taking some content from HBO Max and selling it to other services like Netflix. Also, for Europe at least, this confirms that a new service combining both will be coming at some point. It was not clear before if HBO Max would just get a new section for Discovery Plus or not. I do hope, though, if they're smart about this, if a new service comes out combining both, that they make it easy for customers to switch to it from HBO Max if they want to. Maybe what they are planning is if you have HBO Max or Discovery Plus, you can update to the new service that combines both or keep the current plan. Basically, for someone like me, I don't want Discovery Plus, nor do I want to pay extra for it. So, if I have the option to current, keep my current HBO Max plan, that'd be great. But these are questions that need to be answered, as right now, there's a lot of confusion on what's going to happen. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. question for the episode is, what do you think will happen with Hulu over the next few years? Let me know on Facebook, link to the pages in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.